Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I, I, what is that line like be the hero the city deserves not the hero it needs or something like that yeah, yeah I, don't, I still don't get it it's gordon's I don't line get it. at the end i still don't get it so i guess they offered gary oldman what does that mean though i don't know <laughs> what does it mean <laughs> to be the hero the city deserves you're on midnight local the podcast from how to drink where we just talk about things movies uh pop culture Maybe some video games. That too. All the things. The things. The stuff and things. All of the stuff and the things on Midnight Local. Let's get to it. We are in the same space today. It's a new space. Um, It's a new space. We're in a new space. That's where we're at. I know they've seen us. Well, so we were just saying before we rolled and then cut that we started this podcast in a time of Pretty intense change for both of us. Yes. Uh, we both have moved, I am expecting, which is now out in the world. What are you expecting? Okay. Um, a bebe. <laughs> what, oh. are you, what are you expect? What are you expecting? Was that an honest question? I thought no. you were setting me up. Yes. Okay. Good. I didn't I was teeing you up. I didn't know where we were going with it. I mean, it wasn't a real question. I'm not that dumb. Um, I just think it's funny. I'm expecting. Just like a, I like that turn of phrase to be yes. expecting. It's weird to say I'm pregnant. I don't know why. That's probably not true for most people. Yeah. Feels weird to me. I think that um, pregnant is a gross word. It is a gross word. It's a really word. throaty word. Just like in like a, in a, in a, not a, even an etymological way, but like pregnant. Yeah. Like it's all, it sounds like phlegm. It's a phlegmy word. I'm pregnant. It's also just like. Pregnant. Pregnant. I know, it's just, yeah, it. It's not the, it's not the best word. I can't, I can't put it in terms. I don't like saying. I it. like with child. Yes, I'm with child. With child is a nice one. How about, uh, in a family way? She's it, in, a family in a family way. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like expecting. We're expecting. expecting. It sounds exciting. So expecting to me sounds a little bit like expectorating. So it just sounds. <laughs> A little bit like like I'm in the process of just spitting. I'm spitting a lot. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, now now that's in my head. Where it was not before. 
Uh, yes. So in addition to you uh, getting yourself into a family way, yes. um, I feel like that's got to be a Southern expression. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Getting myself was a long, arduous process. No mistakes made here. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <it> was, <laughs> Mike was saying that like uh, he thinks it's really, really, really weird when straight people tell everybody else that like, you know, we're trying for a baby. And yeah, I agree. That's gross. Yeah, it's like we're we're just just raw dogging it, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. going wild. I guess it's become more common as there's been, like you can watch your ovulation, and there's oh. so much more like science and things going on involved. I thought you were going someplace very different. <laughs> you know, you can watch. <laughs> Some people, that's what they're into. Some houses, but uh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so I think more people go about it more like intentionally than maybe. Yeah. And other times in history. The other thing that happened is I moved, which means our studio moved, which actually we're not even in. We are in the room that will become my office in a tiny little dingy corner. Uh, I mean, a tight corner. And we threw, threw some stuff in here, threw it, uh, some fake plants and some sound panels and a blanket and stuff. And uh, we're in here. And honestly, it still sounds a little echoey. I think there's a little bit too much space in this room, a little bit too much room in this room. Probably only fixed by some panels on the ceiling. Panels on the ceiling, panels on the walls, all yeah. of the panels, panels everywhere. But I am leaving for Chicago in a couple of days. So yeah. we're, shoot we're going in the time that we got. And this is really temporary. We're going to move this right. to another space anyway that's not yet ready. So. Right. We're getting um, through to give Greg some time to really spend time in the studio setting up for how to drink and also Midnight Local. Just what I want to do. Be <laughs> just wiring things for 20 hours a day. Um, but it must be done. These are the sacrifices we all must make. Anyway, let's talk about The Dark Knight. That movie came out years ago. And yeah. I don't know that I've seen it in a I minute. So you're going to have to help me out. It'll all come back to me. Just remind me. Sure. Well, actually an interesting question since that's true. We'll get into it in a second, but yeah. like, yeah, we watched Batman 1989. We decided to go with the dark Knight because it has the Joker and yeah. there was a lot it, to talk it about. It feels like the apex this. of that right. trilogy as well for a lot of people. It is. I mean, Oh, the dark Knight's the one with the Joker. Mm -hmm. What's the one with Bane? Bane is the third one. The oh, okay. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I think you're called? right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was thinking of Bane. Why? I thought, no, you said the one with Joker. I know I said that Joker weeks ago, but for some reason in my brain, <laughs> when you said, Greg, we're going to record an episode about the Dark Knight. It's a good thing I didn't go do any research. Uh, you said we're going to watch and I, Just now I was thinking about like Bane. The one with Catwoman and Bane. Yeah. Greg, think about doing a Bane voice, you know, that kind of you stuff. You could still do the Bane voice. I don't know if I could ever do a Bane voice, <laughs> but I can try. Yeah. Um, I feel know. like it takes some technology to get that voice fully right. I think it just takes um, covering your face with your hands. I think it's like, um, let me think here for a second. Uh, Mr. Wayne. You nearly adapted to the darkness. I was born in it. Oh, that got a little pervy at the end there. I don't know. But <laughs> that actually worked a lot better than I thought yeah, it was going to. That's it. Like, you think of the audition, this is off topic now, but do you think of the audition? Because, like, you know, Batman does a ridiculous voice in that movie. Anything? No. Uh, both, not so much. In, yeah. Not so much in Begins, but starting with Dark Knight, it gets very over the top. I don't know where he is. He found us. He must have friends. I heard him in an interview too, where he was like, I'm doing such a crazy voice, but like they told me it was good on set. And I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
the uh but no no I, I wonder if like to get that job with christopher nolan like you go in for the meeting and christopher nolan's just like okay it's a batman movie what's gonna be your voice what's your voice although chris nolan has a very posh british accent oh okay no uh and that's like and, and they're just imagining tom hardy being like uh what what if my voice was this and i just covered my face and spoke directly into my hands um i wonder if it was just something like just that just thrown together yeah um anyway back to the dark night yeah, so do you have a favorite of the three movies of the three i think that the dark night is actually probably the best one although i did really like um anne hathaway as catwoman um and i honestly i actually kind of liked bane I, I thought bane was a kind of a cool villain i didn't really have anything against bane i just <sighs> None of the villains make any goddamn sense in the Nolan movies. They don't. Like, what was Bane's deal? Bane just, like, wanted to... I forget. I haven't watched that one in a while, so... Once again, he wasn't after money, I don't think. He was just, like, after chaos, Mr. Wayne. Chaos. He... uh, Yeah, right, because he shuts down the whole city, traps everyone in, and there's a countdown to the bomb. It's like a giant social experiment, right? I think so. Yeah, the the villains in the Christopher Nolan movie have too many ideas. <laughs> it's They're up, just it's up for maybe Joker. He's just a chaos agent, but I guess he is. It's a phil- it's a philosophy. Yeah, right. Yeah, but he's doing big stuff. He's I mean the whole opening sequence is really cool, very orchestrated by very, him, and very fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, of course he's organizing all How this. How long stuff. do you think that opening sequence is? Uh, it is, I almost, I'm almost certain I know that the answer to this, I think it's like 17 minutes, right? Five. It's five minutes. Uh Uh-huh. I thought the same thing. And I've heard other people talk about this, how it's like the opening sequence is so epic in people's minds that it feels longer, but it's actually quite tight. I think, so the reason I said that is because I don't, and maybe I just, I don't know. It's one reel of IMAX. Mm. Because it was specifically in that part of the movie was shot in 70 millimeter, if I'm not mistaken. Makes sense. So there was something I remember. Nolan does. Yeah. I remember a Nolan fan, a friend of mine telling me something about like, that's why it's exactly this film guy, a cinematographer. Sure. It was a Nolan fan. It's like, that's why it's exactly this length, whatever. And so I thought it was 17, but whatever. But like, yeah, it has something to do with like, that's how much IMAX we could fit into the. Into the. The real, into the projector. Got it. All right. Let's do the stats real quick. Get them out of the way. Because Chris Nolan only shoots film. Yes, that's but like, not the rest of the movie isn't film. It's all film. It's all 35 it millimeter. It's 35. Just, there's like one or two IMAX sequences in the movie. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see it in IMAX. Nobody does. I saw it very drunk at midnight. Though. Nobody sees it in IMAX because there are like 12 legit IMAX theaters mm-hmm. in the country. And then there's a lot of places that pay licensing fees to call themselves IMAX, Got but it. they're not just IMAX like at all. Bigger screens. Yeah. IMAX is like a really specific format. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, it's, um, well, anyway, they're not. That's what I understand. They're not real IMAX. I used to know the why, but I don't remember exactly why most of the stuff you've seen that's called IMAX is not IMAX. But you trust what you know. I, you know. Yeah. I you don't remember the specifics. Filed that away. I remember the conclusion. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't need to remember the work I did to get there, but I know. <laughs> yeah. I trust that I was on my shit about that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Release date, July 18th, 2008. The studio is Warner Brothers, PG-13, which someone pulled some strings there. Why? Because there's a lot of violence and language no in this movie. I know. And that's it's nudity. The, the American way. There's no sex. It's nudity. That I, I don't know. I, 
I guess I know that's the American way, but like I don't need to see a lot of porny nudity in my movie and ha- like be surprised. Oh, I don't by either. I just do the violence alone. You think the violence should uh, be yeah. Initial, I mean, yeah. I guess when you rewatch it, the things that stand out to me are like the moment where the pencil goes into the guy's eye, but you don't. It's you don't see it. It is all done in a way, yeah, or cut in a way that. The guy's head goes into the table. There's no yeah. pencil there for any moment. So it's I, not know, as gory as it could be. I agree. I don't like this one as a PG-13, but I want to dwell on this thought for a moment. Sure. And we can go back to a movie that I gave a more lukewarm review to, which was the D&D movie. Mm. After watching the D&D movie, um, I've played a little D&D with my six-year-old and she really wanted to see it. And I thought about it for a minute and I was like, you know what? You could see this. Like if she could watch Star Wars, she could watch this. And I held off on Star Wars for a while because I thought Star Wars was really violent. Um, But uh, I'm talking about the original trilogy. We haven't gotten into any of the expanded stuff, the new stuff, the old stuff, the the prequels, none of that. She can get to that when she's comfortable sitting all the way through the original trilogy. (laughs) Then she can watch the new movies and the prequels. Not doing that otherwise. Uh, That's just the rules around my house. If you can't make it through, (laughs) if you find the original trilogy boring, you will not have the other things. You may not. (laughs) learn to appreciate that's right that's right (laughs) that's a fact no but um that's pg-13 and i felt like that movie was totally appropriate for Mm. her and she's six she's seven she's seven now Um, right D D. okay yeah and it's like it's violent it's not nearly as violent as the dark knight but it's also like less fantasy violent yeah Yeah. it doesn't feel menacing like the joker's scary very scary there's nobody like that kind of scary in yeah, the D&D it makes movie. me question what makes the D and D movie PG thirteen. Some violence, yeah, and a couple of bad words. Okay, got it. Which I mean, like, I couldn't care less about bad words, right? Bad words, <laughs> um, naughty, naughty words, foul language. Um, but anyway, what I want to say was also about that. Since we're bringing that movie up, I give that movie now five stars because having watched it on my own, I was like, this is a movie like a thirteen year old. Like, it's very well done. It's very competent. I enjoyed these things about it, but like, right. it didn't really move me. Right. Watching it with my six year old, was she seven yet? Whatever. Watching it with my kid, oh, this is the greatest movie ever made. Yeah, it, sure. It's a totally different experience. Have you um, have you had to watch it multiple times with her? I would happily do so. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, it's completely different watching it with her. Um, and so maybe that's the experience you should have with that movie. And I got to give it all the five stars, the five stars. Anyway, back to the dark yeah. night, uh, two hour and two hours, 32 minutes. It yep. is the longest movie we've watched so far. Christopher Nolan does not know how to edit. He just wants more and more and more. This movie has at least four acts and an epilogue. So yeah. it just, it, you think the movie's going to end. I wish it ended and I, I would be okay without the Bane part of this series and oh. really focusing in on Harvey Dent and like giving the that insight. Part. Like the third movie in the series. Oh, you would just catch. Oh, you would do Harvey Dent in the fourth, third movie. Mm-hmm. Cause that's where it's all sort of about like taking Gotham's real hero away from Gotham and like seeing what Gotham is like without that hero. Does um, Dent even make an appearance in the Bane one? He's dead. So yeah, so sorry. Spoiler alert. Just we've 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 created Two Face. We've killed Two Face. It's yeah, a fifty-minute second movie tacked on to the end. It does feel that way. Like it's really good, and it always holds my attention. I forget this every time I watch it. 
up until the explosions happen and Rachel, Rachel dies, right? And, kill Rachel. and he's like thriving in the hospital or thriving. He's writhing, writhing in the hospital yeah, bed. Melted his face off. Right. Also, they keep his face in such a way that no one could survive living without a skin graft. He rejects his skin graft and he's just got open face. Open face, skull face. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, like Nolan <laughs> had this idea okay. that like we're gonna do Batman, but like it was a real Batman, like the real world. So right. like you set up a world that way where like um interesting about Batman villains, like two face, how do you justify two face? How do you justify two face at all if right. it's the real world? Right, because Joker doesn't have the f- fell into a vat of acid and came out. They don't give him an origin story on right. purpose because they want him to feel. I heard someone say like they wanted him to feel um, like a force of nature or something. No, more than that. Oh, I really liked how they put the Oh, absolute. They wanted him to feel absolute like he's there's no beginning or end to him. He just exists. He is just chaos that exists. Yeah, that's cute. I mean, that's kind of how he is in the comic book, though. And so I was right. going to say that, like, it is true to the comic. Like, the comic never gives a definitive origin of him either. Right. So, like, the Jack Napier is the Joker thing. That, as far as I know, is only true in the 1989 Batman film. So mm-hmm. that's not something that holds through um, other Batmandom. Um, Ra's al Ghul supposed to be immortal. Supposed yeah. to have a magic pit that he goes into to re- rejuvenate himself into the Lazarus pit and live forever. Yeah, they didn't have any Lazarus pits in uh, in, in the, the in, in the first Batman movie there. <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, Bane, they just made Bane, 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 Bane works. But yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, he gravitated towards villains, I guess, that he could make, quote, real. Sure. But I don't know. Do you think he like hurt Batman by making it, quote, real? At the time, I was really into it. I just thought it was, I thought it was, oh, this is fucking finally, but. Now well, I'm like, so I don't know. It came out the same year as Iron Man, which I find very interesting because oh. there's sort of a line in the sand between what Marvel was doing and what Nolan did with Batman. He yeah. like Marvel made a cartoon with a live action cartoon. Kind of. They do, you know, over yeah. time. They've gotten more or less that way. And uh, Nolan made the real world with that just happens to have superheroes in it. Sorry. I couldn't help but he said the way you said the real world. I was like, yeah, Nolan made the real world and road rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he yeah. threw Bane and Batman on a bus. <laughs> real and- world Seattle, 1999. No, no. But like he was, he wanted to make a, a story that happened to have superheroes in it, not a superhero story more so. I don't think Nolan's a comic book fan. Sure. I don't know for sure one way or the other, um, but I don't, I don't think so. Uh, he's like a very posh boy. Are you a fan of Nolan, Nolan's other work? Are so my you, experience uh... with Nolan movies is that when I see them in the theater and I haven't in a minute, but like when I did make a point of going to the movie theater and seeing his movies, I came away thinking, Oh my God, it's the greatest movie I've ever seen. It blew my fucking mind. That guy's mm-hmm. a genius. And then like, you know, half a year later, you try to rewatch it. And I'm like, this is so boring. Yeah. And like every time I try to rewatch his movies, they get more and more and more boring. Okay. So I don't know what that's about. Like they're not rewatchable to me at all in the slightest. I can agree. This movie, I I agree with you for that last 50 minutes. The first hour and 45 minutes. Great. I'm in. I enjoy it. Yeah. Then I'm like, right, this movie just keeps going. And yeah. I feel that way more and more every single time. Yeah. And I like the dense story, but it's like, 
you've got in that last 50 minutes, you've got the huge um, car chase on Lower Wacker. That's a cool scene. Well, it's not Lower Wacker in the movie, but every Chicagoan's like, I was driving down Lower, Lower Wacker. Wacker yeah. yeah. Except it was models. Um, they were like parts of it, but I yeah. think they did shoot some of it because yeah, there's a whole a story where like people were calling the police because they thought there was like a car chase going on. Yeah. Uh, like a real one. And you get the Blues Brothers sequence when he drives through the mall on the motorcycle. Right. Little, right. little nod to Blues Brothers. We should do Blues Brothers on the show. Uh, yes, we should. Chicago love. Um, and then, Chicago. what was I going to say? And then you've got the boats, the two boats. Then oh, you've that, got the, that's the whole, I thought the boats was the end. Right. This is the last 15 oh, minutes. Okay. Then this is all this stuff. 15 or 50? 5 zero. Fucking hour. And then you've got the tower with all of the his minions who are actually just captive and in the mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna kill them all. And then you've got Harvey Dent running around, randomly killing people, flipping his coin, and going after Gordon's family. Oh yeah. It's just like a it's a whole movie packed into 50 minutes, oh, but yeah. like as an addendum. To the first one, not an addendum. So where do you end this movie if you're cutting it? Where, what's your final Rachel scene? Rachel and Dent blowing up and him becoming Two-Face. Oh, that's it? Yeah. yeah you just make it a Two-Face. Okay, I see what you're saying. You and just split hospital, it into two movies. Yeah, the, the 50 minutes starts, I think, when the hospital, it becomes clear that he's going to blow up the hospital. Interesting. And then the third movie, you flesh out that 50 minutes into something more. I want more Harvey Dent. I want to see him like slide into madness, not just get there like that. Which which dent do you prefer, Tommy Lee Jones or? <laughs> so I rewatched Batman Forever after we did ni- the nineteen eighty nine Batman because oh. I was so curious. And oh man, does it make sense? Like to me, why? Like as a young teenager, that is like the movie that I associate because it's the first one I saw. It's the first oh, Batman okay, movie okay. I ever saw. Um, it holds up better than I thought it was going to. Jim Carrey gets a little bit annoying as it, to me now. I'm sure he was hilarious. And I remember it being so quotable as a teenager. Uh, a little bit annoying for you. Uh, what's his name? Beat him up. Uh, he got into a fight with him. He couldn't stand him. Tommy Lee Jones oh, fucking did he really? hated working with him. He thought he was yeah. an obnoxious prick. I believe that. And like apparently like attacked him or something. He lost his <laughs> shit. Tommy Lee Jones. I was on set with him once. And he, oh, no kidding. Is the kind of guy who, after every take is over, he goes, he isolates himself. Gotta be away. He does not want to be hanging out. With the little people. Yeah. Or even his co-stars. He's just like, I'm out of here. All right. So, um, (laughs) I mean, I was on set with him for one day, so maybe he was having a bad day, but like. Where were you on? uh, Hope Springs. No, not Hope Springs. That wasn't him. What was the name of it? It was with. A rom-com with him and Meryl Streep. It was Hope Springs. I think oh, that is Tommy Lee Jones. Sure. Yeah. Maybe he did. didn't like Meryl. I had a summer where I had August off. Yeah. So I did like one or two days on like six different movies. Oh, cool. And I never saw any of them. So I always forget which was which. <laughs> uh, whereas like Meryl hangs out on set all day. You never have to go find her. She just like sets up in a room next to set and hangs out there. She likes to be at the center of attention. <laughs> Maybe, or she's just like, she enjoys being on set. Um, just hold the court. Hey, it's Kaylee. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, but anyway, that's off topic from where we were. But Tommy Lee Jones is Two Face. I mean, I don't care about Tommy Lee Jones's Two Face. I don't really need him in that yeah. movie. Um, I like the Harvey Dent storyline you get in Dark Knight. It's very interesting. Like Batman is not the hero of this movie. Dent is. Dent is. Yeah. And he's a fallen hero at the end. Yeah. And then basically Batman takes credit for all of his murders. Yeah. Which I don't remember how he comes back from that in the third movie. Yeah. I don't think, well, I don't think he ever becomes a hero. I think he's just a terror. Right. He's never, the city never is really happy about him. Yeah. Um, I, I, what is that line? Like, be the hero the city deserves, not the hero it needs. Or something like that. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I still don't get it. It's Gordon's I don't line get it. at the end. I still don't get it. So I guess they offered Gary Oldman. What does that mean, though? I don't know. <laughs> what does it mean <laughs> to be the hero the city deserves? Like, I guess, like, this is as good as Maybe the city should get. Not the, not the hero the city deserves. Maybe implying that doesn't really deserve a hero like him, but the hero it needs. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> we'll play it. <laughs> Even at the time, I remember watching the movie, like took me out of the movie because I was like, wait, what? what the fuck? <laughs> Hang on a second. I'm not that smart. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. They offered, uh, uh, you were saying that about Gary oh, Oldman. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gary Oldman, I guess. I read this a couple weeks ago, so I'm not 100% sure this is right, but they offered him Two-Face and he was sick of playing villains, so he recommended playing Gordon. Oh. Is he, isn't he in the first one or no? I the... Mean, the first in Batman Begins? Yeah. Maybe, but they might have been yeah, yeah, putting yeah. out feelers yeah, for might the have been first. A smaller yeah, right. Part two. Or like or they just, a dent might be in the first one. And so they were setting it up. Yeah, he might be in the background somewhere. Well, I was gonna say too, the other Harvey Dent is Billy D. Williams. Um in the nineteen eighty nine Batman and then right. Batman Returns that and he was apparently Tim Burton was setting up to do Harvey Dent in the third to do Two Face in the third movie with uh, Black Two Face, Billy yeah, D. Williams. They cut him out of his contract. They killed the contract. Yeah. Billy D. never got to be Two Face. Too bad. I guess now that I know that, I probably have a bad feel, a bad taste in my mouth for Tommy Lee Jones in that role. But I can't imagine Billy D. Williams doing the Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> version of Two Face. No, it would have been very different. I mean, once Burton's out of it and you're taking a totally different tone, whereas oh, yeah. like the third movie is for kids, and which is why I liked it so much as a kid. Sure. Uh, and Tommy Lee Jones and uh, Jim Carrey are very quotable to kids. I remember walking around with like, it was coming back to me as I was watching it. You had a very different experience to that movie then because I don't remember sure a I single did. line of it. Is that the one with Poison Ivy? With no. With Thurman? No. Okay. That's the next one. This is one with Nicole Kidman yeah. as the psychologist just telling Batman. She's just fascinated with Batman. She's always telling Bruce Wayne how crazy she thinks he is, but she's in love with him. Hmm. It's a very normal thing. Yeah. <laughs> She's fascinated by him. By the way, have you seen um, Paddington 2? I've heard that Paddington 2 is a 
fantastic movie. Nicole Kidman spends that whole movie strutting around absolutely as a dominatrix. <laughs> like she is in straight up, like right on the edge of very inappropriate fetish wear as far as I'm concerned. Oh, like, really? She, yeah. I, I just think it's a very interesting choice. But, I mean, listen, daddy don't mind. I just say it's an interesting <laughs> choice for a kid's movie, but you know, definitely keep you watching. <laughs> I haven't seen it. It's on. It's, it's a good movie. It's got to be I on don't my know list. Why people are that obsessed with Paddington Two over Paddington One? Though people always talk about how it's like the greatest. They're both I haven't good. seen either. It's just yeah, what I. Good. It's just what I've review. heard. They're good. Yeah, should do. Anyway, back to the Dark Knight. Or we're back on Nolan films. You're saying you you leave the theater and then you're bored by them, but when like, I go to rewatch them. Yeah, like yeah. Um, I remember like I had friends. Who, well, Memento came out when we were in high school. And yeah, my friends were. Obsessed. You're not a fan. I was just like, oh, cool. Okay, it's a gimmick. Yeah. And then like it has no appeal the second time around. I haven't seen that movie in years, but I remember quite And then um, what was the one with the dreaming? Inception. <laughs> Inception. I, I tried to watch it again and I was like, this will be great. Nope. I'm not interested anymore. I struggle with that one because of how much like dudes freak out about it being like, the smartest movie ever. And I was like, it's fine. It's fine. I have some thoughts on Inception. We can come back to in a second. But um, and then I was going to say the other one was uh, uh, The got- Prestige. The magician uh, the prestige movie. Prestige is his, yeah. Which yeah. I don't know if I see. Like once. all of these movies, like they have a trick, right? They do. Interstellar, Tenet. Oh, Interstellar, man, I can't watch that again. Did you? Uh, oh, I yeah. haven't seen Tenet. I've seen clips of it on TikTok. I've probably seen about fifty percent of it on TikTok. We watched it during COVID. Most people forgot about Tenet because I think it came out streaming. I don't know if it ever had yeah, a theatrical I think release. He he was very pissed about it yeah. because he wanted to. He could not, if I'm not mistaken, he like pitched a fucking hissy about it not being in theaters. Yeah. And like, and and maybe he even delayed it until it could be or something like but yeah he the release got bungled bad but yeah i feel like a lot of his movies like once you know the twist they he's like um a dark version of m night Shyamalan. <laughs> like once you know like oh that's the gimme that's the gimmick uh they kind of lose their appeal i think my only thought i wanted to say about inception is that inception to me felt like the closest thing we're going to get to a neuromancer movie um like whole sequences of it are lifted straight out of the book. It has a very different plot, but okay. like he just took like, yeah, I'll just rewrite that scene, that sequence from the book Neuromancer and I'll rework it into it. my yeah. other thing, my thing here. It's not really that different of a plot, but yeah. Okay. I don't know Neuro- Neuromancer. So it's the, I would have gone over my head. It's a, it's, yeah. A lot of people's it's the, um, the first cyberpunk media. Mm. Um, yeah. It's the, the book that, that launched cyberpunk as a genre. Got it. It sounds very echoey in here. I wish we could do more at the sound. I'm sorry. It's just, just for, maybe these microphones are better than I'm thinking. Yeah. They might be really good at rejection. They're not experiencing that. We're just experiencing. Yeah, maybe it's like thrumming. Yeah. Wobble, well, wobble. it's only this and one more and then, and then we'll we're be in a here. different setup again. Yes. yes. God damn it. Moving yes. you again. And then mm. hopefully we're there. Pretty permanently, unless we need to shoot remotely yep. for whatever reason. All right. So walk me through the beats on The Dark Knight, because again, you're the one who did your homework on this. I've seen the movie enough because I did see it a few times when it came out that I can I can talk about it. I just I'm trying to I need you to just re- refresh me. John, okay. my memory. I'm going to do my best because after I watch a movie, I'm like, I, I have the overview, but like the point to point, unless I've watched it like 10 times. We got the clown scene. Right. So you've got the opening scene where they rob the bank. We establish yeah. who the Joker is. He like kills all his guys as he's going. Is that Real the scary guy. Is that the third? Wait, which is the one where Batman like grappling hooks across from one skyscraper to the other? 
That must be the next. That movie. happens in this movie because they go to Japan, I believe. Oh, he flies though. He doesn't hook like he like base jumps. Oh, I thought he like used. To and then hook. he hooks himself back into the plane. Okay. He's Why like is he going to Japan? Him. I forget. Who's he going there? So to get? there's there's uh, a deal that they're working for at Wayne. Ent- they're working with at Wayne Enterprises. Yeah. And it's like a dirty deal. He's oh. like, because the mobsters. I- <laughs> he wants to undo the dirty deal. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> the guy that you meet first in the boardroom who's presenting, like, we're going to partner with this guy, turns out to be working with. Um, I forget the name of Caroni, the Falcone. guy who, who Joker is also working with. Yeah. Or- he's got it. No, he's got it. It's a Mr. Sounds like mystery. Because they were saying that this character, hold on, let me see. Could have become the. Uh, he was the nod to. The riddle. It's riddle? not mystery, Mr. Enigma, but he's got a similar name. That's a play on words like that because it was their nod to the Riddler, but they uh, weren't going to do the Riddler. I got to say, speaking of the Riddler, I really like the Robert Pattinson one. I have to watch that again. I liked it a lot. Um, With um, what's his face? Uh, What's his face? Yeah. Danny, what's his name? I don't know, Danny. The actor. Danny Danny. He's like he's a first cousin of somebody that I know. I don't remember his name. Danny O'Toole. Uh yeah. Uh hold on. Let me look it up real quick. Danny Danny. I don't think this is going very well. <laughs> we are all over the place. I guess my problem with the Joker, like I said this before, right? The Joker has the aesthetics of being scary and he's very menacing. The way he talks and he likes a knife and like all this stuff. And he's like real crazy. How many people does he actually kill in this movie? Lots. He does? First of all, he's got the string. He doesn't kill them all directly, but everyone in the opening scene oh, gets the killed. And then he kills, yeah. a, kills a couple of them. Mm. Then he puts the thing in the guy's mouth, but it doesn't actually kill him. It's just like a, it's like a, yeah. he kind of gives him the tomorrow when you wake up will be the best day of your life sort of speech. Oh boy. Whatever Not exactly kill that, me but makes same, me weirder. That's what he says. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then he, the guy with the pencil, he kills him. Yeah. He kills one of the mobsters. He cuts his face open. Yeah. Uh, which actually now talking about it, you don't really see. And then he kind of leaves the other two to fight to the death. Does he kill a lot of civilians though? Not in the way that Jack Nicholson does. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like he kills like, those are all mobsters. Everybody you just named was a mobster because it was a mob bank. And then right. a bunch of other mobsters. He seems like a good guy. Like in the Batman world. He's like an evil Batman because Batman that's doesn't kill mobsters. supposed to be the thing with him is like he's just he's an anti-fascist like. He is? I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, he's trying to break down the order. He's trying to break down like Harvey Dent's rise to power and. He's creating chaos like he's he's making it impossible for that's his Whole thing, like more to find out. He wants to find out who Batman is because Batman's like his plaything, his equal, his like he thinks he's equally crazy as him and also kind of an agent of chaos because he's working against the system. But Harvey Dent is the system and corrupting him is his achievement, is his goal. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I guess like that's like that's an issue. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. So like by not. This is a let's talk, let's break it down. Let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk about that Joker. So my thinking is one, because we know Jack Napier, his motivations, and they're so base, they're so human, you know, right? Yeah. Oh, you're talking about he wants revenge. 
He wants to fuck things. Yeah, he wants. He's just like a gross. Mostly revenge. Yeah, revenge and to and to have power. This woman pining over. Yeah, I mean, he wants his face on the one dollar bill. Right. He says that. You know, he's not kidding. But like, he has really relatable instincts, you know, or motivations, like motivations that are human. But like you said, they they wanted the Joker in this to have no origin, Mm -hmm. have no. Uh, and so that he just felt like, what was it, forever or eternal or unending? <laughs> we both absolute. Absolute. But like, if he has no origin, then we don't know actually his motivations. And he has no motivation. Like his motivations are just, I'm crazy. Right. And Puts a gun to his head and tells him to flip a coin and he's going to get shot and die if if yeah. the coin goes either way. Like he also, he's committed to chaos with his own life as well. Right. And- but then you can't like you don't know his motivations. Like he's you know what I mean? Like you can't, yeah. he has no motivation. Yeah. He's I think his motivation is to keep this fun sort of cat and mouse go- game going he has with Batman. That's not really a motivation, though. That's yeah. not why he wants that. Like, why right. does he want that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what for what for what reason? And you can't, I, there's nothing really relatable there, you know. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just think that like. I think that Heath Ledger did a really good job with the character. Mm-hmm. I think that the aesthetics of the character are really cool. Like the way that they designed the character, the setting, the way it's performed, all of that stuff. But I also think that like, you know, if you're kind of trying to be objective about it, I think a lot of people get kind of hoodwinked by that. Like, I don't think this is, I think it's yeah. an inferior film. He goes around killing all of the higher up politicians and you're supposed to believe he's killed Gordon as well. And he's going after Harvey Dent. Like, He's killing anyone who can create order, who's trying to create order. Yeah. Because he's an agent of chaos. Right. He's a force of nature. Right. I think, but th- I think that's what's supposed to make him more terrifying. That's like sort of what the problem though is like, it's basically, it's like a disaster movie. Yeah, like, sure. Imagine he was, a, it's a movie about a hurricane. Yes. But then it, at that time, not far after 9-11 and like the war on terror that was sure. going on, you have like, the climax of the movie is Christian Bale asking Lucius to use this. Yes. This device that is looking into everybody's phones and, and is spying on everyone, which is right. very much a commentary, I would say, on the Bush administration. Yeah, but also like I just was like. But it's like I'm spying once for the greater good because we sure. have to stop this. This guy. Chaotic thing that has there's no reasonable way to stop it. Right. And so they have to go to unreasonable measures. And if someone doesn't have a motive that you can exploit, how do you stop them? That's just, I don't know if they did that successfully or not. Yeah. I also remember thinking that the whole cell phone thing, again, like that line when they were like, is the hero we deserve, not the one we need or whatever it is. I was just being like, what does that mean? I remember the whole cell phone thing and just like, why is this in the movie? It just feels like another prop. because we were because we, we were dealing with the Patriot Act at that point, and it was it was supposed to mirror something that was actually happening. Surveillance. Ah, oh, yeah. So it's funny now. So that when I'm is it too far? It, is saving the world? Is it worth Chris, saving the world? Christopher Nolan is British. Mm-hmm. I think it was about more about their security camera thing because like they have the whole oh the cctv yeah that's everywhere everywhere mm-hmm. everywhere everywhere um i think it was probably a little bit more to do but in that. public spaces though this is like hacking into your cell phone yeah but all it was was like he was just using them for sonar or something 
no, he could like see he that's how they get into the building. Like, yes, it looks like sonar. It but was, no, it wasn't cell phone cameras. It was using triangulated data from sonar from the right. phones to create a 3D map. But you could see where anybody is at you any could do, time. Yeah, you could see where anybody is right. at any time. It's true. That's right. And what they're doing. That's right. Well, that was what Lucius Fox had concluded. He's like, you right. could use this for that instead of your neat sonar trick. And he's like, but I'm only using it for the sonar trick. Well, he's like, I'm only using it this once because yeah. I need to find him and stop him. You've got to find him. Yeah, exactly. Rachel. And Lucius is like, if you if you do this, then here's my resignation. He's basically like, it'll self-destruct after we find him. Yeah. And Lucius is the only one who has the code. Yeah. So it's the power is in the, in his hands because he's the only one honest enough to not use it beyond. Did Lucius uh, resign? Did that actually happen or did he stay? On? Well, it destruct it does self destruct at the end, so which I think is leave. good enough for him. I don't know if he's there in the third yeah. movie, but I don't I remember don't either. Think so, <laughs> well, yeah. I don't think he's left. I think that they feel they've done it as ethically as possible. But I think that's the question for you, the you dear viewer. Yeah, it just seemed like a lot. It's a lot. Like very high concept. Like while you're watching this movie, like that's a great third movie, like ending point. Yeah, you take it as far as you can. No, we have to end this because I just, we can't control ourselves. But to survey, you ever watch Star population. Trek? I've seen. Oh yeah, you've seen Star Trek. The movies, the show. What are you talking about? Like Next Generation. That's what I can relate to. Yes, but not since I was really little. So like so often, you know what that is the equivalent of to me? It's hmm. like high concept meets high concept. Mm-hmm. So it's like data would just be like, oh, of course, Captain, we can solve this problem by bouncing a tachyon array, mm-hmm. a tachyon beam with reverse polarity off the deflector shields. And that will allow me to scan their bones for diamonds, you know, whatever it is. And like, it, what does it mean? It means nothing. Yeah. It's a bunch of techno babble that we made up that sounded good. And then having another character say, but that's unethical. Well, it didn't mean anything in the first place. Right. I guess sure. that's my problem with the cell phone thing is like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, what even is this? I don't have a, I don't know enough to have an opinion. And now they're telling me what my opinion should be because of Lucius Fox. I think it's pretty clear that like the idea is you could see, you could watch all people at all times and see if they're committing a crime and go arrest them for it. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a terrible thing, but it's also like, that's not surprising. That's like already, that was already a reality. Yeah. I don't know. Like it didn't, it was like, yeah, what? I don't know. I think a lot of people (laughs) were talking about the Patriot Act at that point. So I would have thought that it would be a theme that was on people's minds. Yeah. Was that, I'm trying to remember if that was after um, Edward Snowden uh, defected to Russia. (laughs) The Patriot Act? No, not the Patriot Act. This movie was Edward Snowden. It was after this or before this? Because mm-hmm. it sounds a lot more like Snowden talking his stuff about the phone metadata. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the Patriot Act having a whole lot to do with. I, I didn't personally. I didn't see the the confluation between the two. It had been surveying the American public had been a topic on people's mind for a while. Whether it is yeah. specifically exactly that or a like a way to talk about all of those things, I think, like, is more is more the way it goes. I just thought it was dumb. <laughs> okay, I just thought it was enough. real dumb. It didn't help <laughs> the movie. It didn't help me, under, like, enjoy the movie. Yeah. Um, I'm going to use the cell phone. It is, I, right. Again, it is another, it is a beat that is forced into the end of this movie yeah. to make a point. 
that doesn't really need to be there. I mean, maybe it brings Lucius's character in into the end fight in a way that he might not have been otherwise. I think that there's also like a geometry problem with this. And mm-hmm. I, well, I'm using that term kind of loosely for lack of a better one. Um, you talk about film geometry, like in a fight scene or any kind of a scene, like if you don't have a good sense of film geometry and know where things are and where the camera angles should be, like you can lose the audience and just be like, wait, whoa, whoa, how did we get from here to there? Right? Like it can be edited in a way that's confusing. That's why, you know, the 180 rule, if you don't break sure. that. I feel like that plot line breaks the 180 rule to some extent because I yeah. I just remember very distinctly that being a moment where it's like, how did we even get here? Right. How did we get to this cell phone conversation? We haven't seen this being developed. That's like, where I mean so much happens in the last 15 minutes. And it does start to feel like soup. Yes. Yes. They soup. do. They sort of expand upon it because when he gets to the building and they're seeing all of these, I forget what clowns or whatever they call them yeah. with all of the hostages, yeah. the police is it the police he's with the gotham pd just want to start shooting yeah and batman's like no something's not right here they're shaking they're nervous or whatever and that's where you find out that they aren't actually he's got it yeah the hostages are the the hostage takers he has it reversed which i think is pushing the point that this technology can be misleading you make wrong assumptions you're 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 prosecuting before the trial. Well, he sees that, but the cops can't. It gives him the ability to save all these people. That's what I mean. But I think the cops wouldn't even have seen them in the first place without this. Yeah. Right. They didn't have it. They they would have just killed everybody. Right. You know. Oh, you think? If anything, this is an argument in favor. I think they're all of, using it at that. Like, no, it's, he doesn't share it with anyone. He doesn't share it with anyone. Okay. Yeah. No, that's like a whole. That's that's why he's able to dispatch the cops. They're fucking blind. But he leads them to all those people because of what he can see. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. The the other point in this movie, too, where it feels like a, a quote, geometry problem in the script. Mm-hmm. It's like Bruce Wayne is having that little house party, that fundraiser at his apartment. For Harvey. Yeah. For Harvey. The Joker shows up. Yeah. The Joker shows up, menaces everybody, like threatens Rachel and stuff like that. And uh, throws her out a window. Yes. And Bruce like jumps out the window after. Yes. They don't go back. To the party? No. Presumably they leave. <laughs> well, he can't find Harvey any anyway, so he leaves too. The the when that scene ends, we cut to like three days later. Yeah. That scene, that party ends with <laughs> Batman and Rachel leaving. And no the Joker knows. alone in Batman's apartment. With the richest people in Gotham City. He doesn't kill all of them. We have no idea. <laughs> we have no clue. It yeah. just edits away. There's no news report about like Joker massacres everyone yeah. in in, in at, Bruce at, Wayne's apartment. Yeah, fundraising yeah. event. The, the Joker is just like, all right, guys, bye. And just walks out. Like, is that what happens? He doesn't take somebody's ear with him. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it just, there, there's a, that's a, that's what I'm saying. Is it like that plus the cell phones? And I bet I could find another couple if I watch it again. Like, where it's just like, yeah, we just don't need. The script to make sense here. Yeah, this scene ends here and moving on. Yeah, and scene. Sure. I also, I have no chemistry between Bruce and Rachel. I, it's, it's, it doesn't really matter in this movie. You need the chemistry between her and Harvey because that's what sets him off. And I have more of that, but I just. So it's like a thing in the comics that like, um, so that Batman is Batman. Like the, meaning 
that Bruce Wayne is Batman's cover. Right, sure. That like he in his brain Who's the is Batman. Yeah, or not. He's not Bruce Wayne. Right. Bruce Wayne is just a thing he pretends to be. He puts on the mask and becomes himself. Right. Bruce That's Wayne like is a, his drag. It, like, I for, yes, exactly. And I forget where it comes up, but it was like they were trying to figure out um, somebody was like in one of the books or whatever. It was like they were revealing all their secret identities in one of the comics to each other. And he's like, no, but I'm Batman. Mm-hmm. And like, that's it. Like somebody, there was like a thing where there was like, how did you, the men, men, mentor or somebody who was reading everybody's minds and like, they were finding out all of our secret identities. How did he not know yours? And he was like, because I'm Batman. Yeah. It's like, I don't have a secret identity. This is my, I am Batman. And so like, I do think that there's something here. The reason that there's no chemistry there is because Bruce Wayne can't have a love interest. Mm-hmm. Batman's love interest is Catwoman. Right. He has a love interest with the mask on. Right. But Bruce Wayne doesn't even exist. Yeah. You know, it's that it, she's a beard. Right. Well, she's his <laughs> childhood friend. So as close as he could have that, that make, does make sense because she taps into a part of Bruce before Batman, maybe. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. I mean, I just felt like they something that um, there's a reason why that does not happen as far as I know in yeah. any of the comics. Like it just doesn't work. Yeah. You, they're more successful at it. I remember in Batman Begins with Katie Holmes because oh, Katie Holmes is in that one. Yeah, yeah. They switch out the Rachels. She's also Rachel. Yeah, Rachel's in both of those. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Which one do you like Maybe better for Rachel, Maggie or Katie? Boy, I you know my honest answer to this is I boy do I not care which one plays Rachel. Yeah. It does yeah. not matter to me at all. Yeah. I it's. Like, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Like, you feel a little bit more pull from the Katie Holmes character because he comes back right. and reconnects with her now that he's gone on this whole journey. So there's a little bit more of a conflict there between who he was and who he is. Right. But you enter with a new human yeah. in this role. It just, the dynamic never gets back there. So I would have kept it Katie Holmes to keep that continuity and maybe create more chemistry with them in the second movie. As soon as you change the actress, I lose it because she is not connected. My brain can't make the leap. Yeah. She's not connected to him, to young Batman, to, to Bruce before Batman for me. I see Katie Holmes was. Yeah. You just needed the continuity. They look different. So my brain's like, oh, I can't do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I go with Katie over this. I'm going to play another game with you. You got to recast okay. Rachel with one of the ladies from Sex and the City. Go. One of the ladies from Sex and the City. Show you watched a lot of. You have intimate personal knowledge of all these women. <laughs> uh, pick one to be the new Kate. I'm going to give Rachel. Kim Cattrall the part because yes. she needs she she deserves the paycheck as why. <laughs> After getting screwed over by Sex and the Fair City. Fair enough. I think Kim's doing okay, yeah. though. No, she's doing fine. Uh, you've heard what's going on with Sex and the City, right? Probably not. They, or with did Ince. they kill her yet? No. She well, exists as tech mes- text messages now, right? Right, but she, she's making an appearance in the new series that comes out. But she demanded that nobody be on set. She basically walked into set alone, not even with the director. She had a, her like acting coach on set. Just into the camera. And they just filmed her lines and she walked off. That was the only like, way she would do it. She like not well or something? Has she like kind of no, lost her mind? No, they've had this huge feud and she hardlined on it, but I'm sure the money was good like, enough that she was like, these are no, my demands. There's no crew on the Oh no, set. there was crew. Sorry. Oh. 
<laughs> just None camera's of, running, Kim. Go on in. That's what she I was wasn't imagine. working against any of the leads, and right. she also the director wasn't there either. Okay, well that's not as crazy as I was. No, imagining. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> go on in, Kim. Camera's on for you. We'll, we won't look. Just no, let yourself no, no. in. Let us know when you're wrapped. No. I think you know she had to keep her power in the situation, and she she did. But she, she should. Of the four of them, she's the most powerful. I think so too. She's. I the, don't mean. In Hollywood. I just mean like on a spiritual level. Yeah. Well, because isn't Rachel supposed to be, she's an attorney. And I think. Talking about the goddamn sex in the city now. (laughs) (laughs) We're like back and we've, we've mixed between the two. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. So who would date Batman? I guess since she's an attorney, maybe Miranda. Miranda would date Bruce Wayne. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. God. Or no, honest. The honest answer to that is. uh, Um. Charlotte, because mm. she goes after the rich, the rich fellas. Oh yeah, not, she's not, she's missed up, Upper East Side. What about Mister Big? I mean, isn't I mean yes, yeah. but I think that's more circumstance than he's that's Trump. the type of guy she, she goes was for. Dating oh Trump. yeah, they say it in the first episode. Oh, he's the new Donald Trump or Trump whatever. Fucker. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> yeah, well, he had a heart attack and died before he could run for president. So <laughs> kill that fucker guy. Yeah, that like plummeted fucking Pelotrons. Peloton, Peloton, yeah. Peloton stock. Yeah, it took like a 10% bump <laughs> or hit. Um, uh, they were doing pretty good of doing that on their own. Who's the redheaded one? The one who ran for governor? I, I like her. That's Cynthia Nixon. Cynthia Nixon. Miranda. Yeah. And Miranda is straight on the show. I mean, she was up until recently. Yeah, she does it right. Uh, Kim Cattrall has. Did we ever buy that? Well, so she was coming out very publicly as the show was happening. But yeah, you buy it. Okay. It's she's. Kim Cattrall is the only one who has a like any sort of queer relationship on the show, which is funny because I don't buy her as queer at all. Oh, she she'd sleep with whoever though. That's that's right. Yeah, yeah. it and doesn't seem like a queer is. relationship. It just it doesn't seem like a relationship. Yeah, it just seems just like having I'm sex. having sex with that person. Yeah, it, it it is for but they do get into like a lesbian relationship, and it's okay. like she she'll experience anything. Yeah, and then it gets too intense for her, and she's out. Speaking of Kim Cattrall, we're gonna have to do Big Trouble in Little China. I've never seen it. Oh my God. I know. Don't tell her anyone internet because it's the, don't tell her, don't tell it. Don't ruin it for her. It's a wonderful film. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, more John Carpenter, please. I thought he was dead. He's not. Oh yeah. That's I was, nice I was, for him. It's great. <laughs> so nice for him. Way to go, John. Good, good job, Johnny. Uh, great director. <laughs> Okay. Um, you want to go through some trivia real quick? There's some fun ones on this one. Right. Or is there something else you want to talk about first? He kills the Joker. The Joker dies. He hangs him by his feet. He doesn't it, kill him. Yeah. He's just hanging by his feet, swinging there, going, woo. Right. So I think most people know this, but the movie released after Heath Ledger had died. Yeah. Um, they had just sort of completed all of his ADR loops and everything. Oh, so wow. he was, they had all of his elements. So there's speculation. There's probably a lot of people out there, probably people listening to this podcast, you know, more about this than me, that the Joker would have been a part of. I think there's the no third question. movie, I think that that which is why the point. third movie, I think was re- rewritten pretty hastily, not the movie that Nolan wanted to make and why it's not as strong. Bird. 
Yeah, as it will be very painful. People expected after you. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tom Hardy's great in that role. Tom Hardy's great in every role. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. It's very true. TikTok has taught me that there are many, many, many Tom Hardy movies that I know nothing about. Yeah. I should check him out. I'm sure that. <laughs> he just seems to have made a lot of movies that nobody heard about. That'll you know? be a season two of this podcast. It'll just be Tom, Tom Hardy movies we've Tom, never seen. Tom Hardy. This week in Tom Hardy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> this week in Tom. Um, I heard an interesting interview the other day with, uh, you know what? That's not important. Don't worry about that. Okay. Yeah. We don't need Tom Har- Holland. Tom Holland. Oh. You went from Tom Hardy. Oh, to man, Tom what Holland. was a podcast all about Tom's Tom Holland movies, Tom, <laughs> Tom Hanks. Arnold movies, Tom Hanks movies, Tom Arnold, like I said, Tom uh, Arnold. Yeah. Remember Tom Roseanne Barr's ex-husband? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. You watch True Lies. Uh, Tom. Not Tom Cruise. Every Tom but Tom Cruise. I, You know, I hate Tom Cruise, <laughs> but he is a phenomenal actor. He sure is. He's really good. Oh, we can't get through this movie without talking about the Oppenheimer Barbie Mission Impossible drama there's drama yeah so so tom cruise <laughs> what reached out to the producers of oppenheimer he was asking them to move the date so that mission impossible could have their release date on july 21st okay i don't know if this is related to that but there's the whole barbenheimer thing going on i don't know what that's about either. right so there's people who are double featuring Oppenheimer and Barbie because they're so extremely different. That's like and a whole thing. It's just a meme. It's a whole thing. There's t-shirts. All right. Some people call it Boppenheimer, Barbenheimer. It's kind of up to you. There's a debate about what you see first and what you see second. Yeah. Which I don't think is much of a debate. I have a very clear answer on on that for myself. Oppenheimer first, Barbie second. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no question. Sure. Wash it off. Enjoy your evening. We're not saying we're not insane people. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's a lot of people scheduling their double features to see both. Is that a Nolan movie, Oppenheimer? Yes. That's that's why it's relevant. Is Oppenheimer interesting as a character? I'll have to see the movie. I guess he must know. be. Yeah. I just felt like he made a bomb and then did he do anything? <laughs> we'll I watch the movie and find yeah. out. Yeah. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Was he depressed? Did he do the George Bush and go go paint for the rest of his life when he realized think, how many I, no, people I, he destroyed? Yeah, I don't think he was very happy with what he did. Yeah. But I, I to some extent, I feel like he kind of had to do it because somebody else would, you know what I mean? Like other countries were working on it too. So Yeah. I saw something on Twitter the other day that was incredibly stupid, but it was all this footage of um, nuclear bomb tests, watching the buildings get blown away and stuff like that. And this guy says, see, this is how you know that nuclear bombs are fake. They've never actually made them because the cameras would also be blowing away. How do the cameras survive when that brick building is being blown to bits? Hmm. What's the answer? Long lenses. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Long lenses. And in a lot of cases, they do get destroyed. Actually, what they did, um, I do know the answer. The cameras in a lot of cases are in a bunker uh-huh. shooting up at a mirror. Ah. So the blast does destroy the mirror when it hits it. I, I just, I've seen those actual setups and some of the, like, the behind the scenes photos. <laughs> of the, you know, I'm just looking at the behind the scenes photos <laughs> of the bombs. Uh, no, of like, like historical photos of like setting it up and stuff like that. Yeah. They put the cameras down into like a, into a shoot basically. And yeah. I think as a, as a goodbye to our not, no, we're not parents yet that Rachel and I will probably Barbenheimer. 
we'll do the double feature. Good. Have fun with that. I've heard Barbies. <laughs> Only people without kids can do that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or really great in-laws. I've yeah. heard that the Barbie has a much heavier plot or something like it's Truman Show or The Matrix or something. Basically. I'm sure. I'm sure. I've actually tried very hard not to look further oh, okay, into fine. it because I am excited about it. I think it's going to be much. I think it's a movie built to be much better than people expect. I think I see. I do. Yeah. And the first teaser was just like a perfect teaser for for Barbie. She just walks in without her heels on on her toes and just stands on her toes. God. Like the Barbie feet. It's great. Uh, well, that sounds uncomfortable. Well, that's the whole. That's I, that's what it that's is. That's the point. Yeah, partially, um, partially the point. I, as a father of a girl, uh, I kind of wish there were fewer Barbie continuities. Uh there are many Barbie movies. Yeah, yeah. There's also um, oh, for you like cartoons and stuff. Oh God, dude. There's yeah. like uh, Barbie as a mermaid. There's a whole series of those. There's Barbie the fairy princess. There's a whole series of those. I think there's actually a crossover event between them both. Mm -hmm. um, they've made uh, Prince and the Pauper remade it like 18 different ways with Barbie. Mm -hmm. uh, that story. Uh, then in TV show land, there's this one. This will fuck you up. Um, Barbie Life in the Dream House, um, which started out as like uh, interstitials on like Showtime or something. Not really kid appropriate. Mm. A lot of uh, like their actual dolls like everything's made of paper and stuff but also like all the jokes are real kind of randy on it okay. um okay <laughs> i was watching one time i was like i don't want my daughter watching this yeah. there's too many too much to discuss uh but then there's barbie dream house adventures that one's great that one's great does That's, she play with physical barbies uh yeah occasionally yeah yeah, yeah she's got barbies I, never, I had them but we had the pool where you like push the thing in it yeah okay there's like a pool and there's like an air thing that makes the pool like bubble or hot tub it's a hot oh, tub i kind of remember that my sister yeah barbie um i was funny it was, i was surprised when mrs had a drink was like yeah we're gonna do barbies i was like really i think barbies are like a, they're not a thing that kids play with so much anymore like yeah. they're controversial like barbie is like sure not appropriate you know as a some representation issues not anymore though they got them all they've now. changed uh, didn't they change her figure they, at some point a little bit not maybe barbie a little bit but like they created more characters in Barbie's ecosphere sure. that have different body types and stuff like that. Okay. I don't think they sell that well. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, just to be honest. But I don't know, this movie might bring it back. Yeah, maybe. Well, no, I just mean the non-Barbie Barbies, you know. Right. Like, but I think that um, but all those characters are in Barbie Dreamhouse Adventures. And I like that show. It's a very empowering show. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh it's a it's good. Good stuff. It's age appropriate. I like it. And then there's a whole continuity of movies and other shows that connect to that. Mm -hmm. There's like a whole thing about what one Skipper? She's the youngest one. Oh yeah. Uh, she goes friend Skipper. No, not friend sister. It's a sister. She's okay. got so on Barbie Dreamhouse Adventures. <laughs> she's got teach me about Barbie. Barbie. I know nothing. And then she's got three younger sisters. Okay. They're the Roberts family, which I love to say, Bobby Roberts. Barbie Roberts. Bobby Roberts. <laughs> Bobby Roberts. <laughs> And they live in a ridiculous house in Malibu, obviously. Sure. And her mom is a roboticist. Oh. She's like works in like real high tech. Like she's the world's foremost robots expert. And <laughs> okay. I don't know. I think her dad's a documentarian or something. Um, yeah. I don't know if they made mom and dad dolls yet. But anyway, um, they did a spinoff about her like youngest sister, like going to like the fantasy kingdom, just like dream world or something like that. Got it. Yeah. Younger sisters into drugs. No, she's she's just very young. I hope not. That'd be dark. <laughs> um, but whatever. She, it's like it's a candy kingdom that she goes to and stuff. Sure. 
She, yeah. Anyway. I wonder how much will come into the movie. So know. many Barbie continuities. Yeah. Is the Barbie movie supposed to be like G or is it PG-13? I is it, don't get that sense. I get that I sense. I don't get that sense up. either. I get the sense it's for grownups. I, yes. It's, it's Bart life in the dream house. Let's see. Barbie movie 2023. I bet. Because, you know, now I'm thinking about it, it does look like life in the dream house. I bet it's life in the dream house spinoff. Continuity. Um, I know a lot about Barbie shit. Uh, where's the rating? PG-13. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't think my kid's going to see that one, unfortunately. No, I think intentionally not the it's audience it. for it. It makes a lot. Of, from what I've heard about it, now that I'm thinking about it, it might actually be part of the life in the dream house continuity. You'll have to let me know because I'll have no idea. I know so many Barbie things. <laughs> many, 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 many Barbie things. Um, how did we get here? We got here from Oppenheimer. Yeah. Barbenheimer. Yeah. And then we kind of decided Oppenheimer. Barbie was more interesting than Oppenheimer in this conversation. <laughs> it's come out that Chris Nolan is kind of a huge asshole. Aren't they all? Like <laughs> he like wouldn't let Maggie Gyllenhaal have a seat. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's like sure. Well, like there was all these women who were like in interviews saying, like, he's so intense on set, nobody's allowed to sit down, and he just yells all the time. And like then you see these other interviews where like the male actors are like, it's really lax you know we just it's oh, like interesting yeah, like it's uh i guess when everyone showed up on set this this made my producer brain explode but yeah the first four days of scheduled shooting resulted in no film being rolled instead writer producer and director chris nolan screened two movies per day for the cast and crew with a break in between the eight movies they watched were heat cat people Citizen Kane, King Kong, Batman Begins, Black Sunday, A Clockwork Orange, and Stale Lag 17. So fine. You want your cast and crew to see some movies. That's fine. Shooting these movies and scheduling, scheduled shooting days are very expensive. It doesn't matter for him. I, I know it doesn't, but like. He's playing with funny money. He gets to do whatever he send wants. Send people a list of movies you want them to watch before they arrive. It wasn't. It's just such a like, I can, I'm doing this because I can. And I just. Ugh. Flexing on the studio is his whole deal. Great. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. He just Treat likes, your whole cast and crew like children for the first four days. I'm going to teach you about film. Yeah, I know. Go, go fuck yourself. I agree. Yeah. The whole thing about him, like, I only shoot film. Yeah. There's like a real go fuck yourself about that, too, honestly. It's just like sure. absurd. Um, He's just like kind of an asshole. Seems like it. Yeah. I did not dig into that. I don't know that. But you're saying it and it's confirming my bias. So I'm just saying <sighs> I agree, Greg. I used to. <laughs> all right. So I think it's come up before. I used to tech direct this event called TEDx Teen, which is. You know, if you do TED, you can license the name and have your own TED. Like, they're usually cities like TED X Austin, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, this was a, a all teens. And one year, one of our speakers was actually not a teen. It was a mother talking about her teen son who died. And awfully, uh, he was like doing war correspondence stuff like in a, as a gap year hmm. after college or after high school or whatever Um. in Rwanda, I don't know, Mogadishu yeah. or something like that, like in Africa. Um, and it was like just she had his journals and I think she was trying to promote turning them into a book or something. I always feel like that with people on the TED stages. They're selling 
literally selling something. They have a product that they are selling. It's kind of yucky. It's more so. I used to love them, but I've heard more and more. It's like this information is not necessarily vetted. No. You're getting someone's article for the New York, opinion article for the New York Times via talk. Well, more than that, they're literally speaking to venture capitalists. They are looking for investors in a thing. But um, anyway, so she had a lot to say about her son and his adventures and like his philosophy on life. And she had all of this documentation because his best friend was Christopher Nolan, who Mm. was with him on all of this. And he had a video camera. He was like a 16-year-old boy videocaping all this. And I got the impression that like, oh, got it. These are the very posh British kids who go to the public schools and which I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but it's not what you think it means. It's Mm. like only for like very, very Mm -hmm. well-to-do British people. Um, And they get to take a gap year and they go gallivanting around Kenya, (laughs) you know, looking for authenticity in an old rundown, you know, uh, Range Rover. And it was just like, I, again, I trust my former conclusions. I don't remember any of the specifics at this yeah. point, really. I just remember thinking, Chris Nolan sounds like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was really my takeaway yeah. from all of that. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. Anyway, any more thoughts on this film? No. Oh, I want to know, now that you've watched them kind of back to back, which which Joker do you, is the better mm. Joker? Jack so, Nicholson? I actually have an answer to this. I wasn't, oh, well, I, I, sorry. I, I have an un, probably unsatisfying answer to this. Oh, fuck you. For me, it's like, uh, it's flavors, not favorites. Maybe that's the way to say it. Like, it'll depend on my mood. I thought you were about to say flavor, flavor. And I was like, why? It's How flavor, is that possible? Flavor Flav is my favorite Joker. Dude, Flavor Flav doing the Joker would be fucking sick. <laughs> it would be sick. great. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm imagining Flavor Flav doing the, the pencil. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just yelling flavor flavor yeah. <laughs> um, yeah boy flavor flavor <laughs> your time is up yeah um oh my god dude so i would watch both of these movies again but in very different moods fair enough oh i see what you mean yeah you, they're they scratch different itches yeah sure so like I was thinking about this a lot. Like if I had to choose one and it's like, first of all, I hate that question because you never have to choose one. It's a non, it's a a fantasy question. But that's the whole point. (laughs) I think I would probably watch the Nolan movie before the 1989, but I don't have, I have a more nostalgic relationship with the Nolan movie. Oh, that's funny. Yes. Like I went to go see it at midnight in the theater in 2008, like still in college. So the 1989 movie I watched once as a kid. Right. And then again, as an adult. So got it. I have like no relationship like that with the Nolan movie. It's the 89 movie is like, and it's funny. I hadn't revisited it in many, many, many years. And then when I did, I was just like, oh, like coming home. Right. Yeah. That was very nice. I didn't quite feel that way when I rewatched Batman Forever, but I'll like that movie always because I was a kid sure. when I watched it and it has, I have good memories with it. So. Well, who knows what Christopher Nolan will do next, but yeah, I'm sure we'll have to hear about it. <laughs> well, Oppenheimer. I mean, after I mean, Oppenheimer. After Oppenheimer, yeah. I, 
Um, I did want to say while filming the chase scene uh, with the Joker and the SWAT vans, they destroyed one of the four existing IMAX cameras in the world. There's only four. There was IMAX? only four at the time. Wow. Yeah. Can I tell a, a tangential story? Sure. Like that. Uh, are you familiar with the movie Barry Lyndon? No. Oh, I have actually never seen it, but I probably should someday. It is a Stanley Kubrick film. Mm-hmm. Uh, takes place in you know the Regency, like the 1700s, I think. And he wanted to literally light the movies with candles. Oh. Actual candles. I think I've heard a story like this, but go ahead. And when to do that. Oh, so hot. Yeah, but like and dangerous dark yeah like dark like shooting film in the dark yeah um so like they couldn't move the camera uh and like they actually had to put like wire armatures up the backs of people's heads so that their heads wouldn't move and stuff because your focal plane was a piece of paper so if you moved at all you would lose focus and that's why they couldn't move the camera and stuff like that they had to use zoom lenses i mean outdoors daylight stuff would be different sure but like you physically any, any movement at all is like, you're never going to keep it in focus. Yeah. Um, but to do it, I guess he knew about these lenses that were developed to go to the moon, mm-hmm. moon lenses. And uh, he had gotten a few of them and they opened up like their aperture was like a 0. 0.002 or something like just insane, just like a wide open tunnel right. for light to get into. Right. And he had them, he had gotten these lenses and they couldn't figure out what camera to attach it to. But like, he's like a student of film and he knew, and he knew that there were these old, like silent movie cameras mm-hmm. that I don't know what studio it was had, but like historic cameras. And he just like, apparently called up somebody at the company. He was like, Hey, do you have such and such camera? Blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, we still have a, like two of those. What do you want to do with it? Or three of them, whatever it was. Uh, he's like, you know, it's just like the first camera I got to use and uh, really nostalgic for it. And I'd like to go shoot some stuff on it. And they gave it to him and he like, they apparently like it took it to a machine shop and destroyed it. Like they cut them in half and stuff like that to fit these lenses to it uh, so that they could do it. It worked, but like, you know, ultimately it's a historic camera, but like, it's just a thing. Yeah. It's just a camera. Sure. That doesn't really function anymore for what it was needed. Yeah, exactly. Like people in the UK are digging up old Roman ruins in their backyards all the time. They try to put (laughs) in a deck and like more of these fucking rocks, you know, (laughs) like these stupid fucking Roman bricks. And I'm like, what are they going to do? You know, it's just stuff that's all over the place. They left their shit everywhere. Um, I don't know why it feels related. Yeah. All right. Doing crazy things. Um, We're going to hear us. I don't think there's really much else. I mean, the one thing I wrote down first about this movie was what is there to say about this movie that hasn't been said already? What is, well, and that's why we said so little about it. We talked about Barbie instead. No, we talked about Barbie for five minutes. It was a long five. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have right, to that, do Barbie and talk about it more. That joke might've landed better with a, with a flim flam, a flam or something. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't assist. It's only a joke a straight woman would have got. Uh, <laughs> It's a long five. That's what I said. Ha <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. I got okay. it. I got I it. I love explaining my jokes. It's one of my favorite things. Oh, one more piece. This is the first uh, super or comic book movie to gross uh, over a billion worldwide. Oh, wow. So this did better than Iron Man. Then, yeah. What if? Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the Marvel movies, but I really did like that Iron Man. Yeah. 
unless it beat Iron Man to a billion by like a couple of months or yeah, something, something, which like is that. possible. Of course, Iron Man spawned a trillion dollar uh, yeah, franchise. Right. Yeah, so certainly. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, not so, Mr. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> they tried like DC sort of tried to take this tone. They've tried so many times with their and then like I would say Batman versus Superman was sort of trying to be dark like this. They were like, absolutely right. And this then Snyder verse, they call it right. And then Wonder Woman did was more Marvel-y. I did not like Wonder Woman. Yeah, probably because it was more Marvel-y. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's probably right. There was a whole like DCU Zack Snyder verse, but now yeah. uh, I forget his name. He's a great director, but he's taking over that. And he's done a few of them already. Yeah. I, he had a really good show. What was it? The Peacemaker. That's a good show. Oh, I like that show. Yeah. With um the wrestler. John Cena. Yeah. I like him. He's very charismatic. He's a likable dude. Yeah. And he seems like he's not a piece of shit. It seems that way. Yeah. It does seem that way. Yeah. All right. We're just going to keep like, oh, and this. Oh, and oh, this. Oh, and this. So Yeah, let's, we're good at oh, anding. Let's cut this off. All right, guys. This has been Midnight Local with mm-hmm. uh, me. I am Greg. And me. I am Meredith. We are those people. Uh, and we got to <laughs> have a big shout out and thank you to Annie Villalobos, our producer and editor. And to Heather Vaughn, Heather who did Vaughn, the artwork for the show. Does the phenomenal artwork yeah. of our show. Studio 71. Our distributing and producing partner. And mm-hmm. a big hearty, you're welcome to Epidemic Sound. Yes. Um, the checks in the mail check us out on youtube and subscribe if that's what you're into uh and also we you can find us wherever you get your podcasts and hopefully very soon in a better studio space than this horrible arrangement we're over on tiktok as well oh the tickety talk occasionally but you know they'll find you i am petitioning now to rename tiktok to flavor flap the flav app flavor flav the app that's great. I can't top that. Because of the TikTok. Because of the clock. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> Nailed it. This joke, you get. <laughs> and that's the end.